guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And let's dive deep right into another episode of Queer as Folk. Okay, we are at episode 112, and we were so ready to get to this one coming Ooh. off episode 111. Mm-hmm. Because the way it ended, I mean, it was like that cliffhanger. So yeah. I couldn't wait. Oh well, and then like... Because you guys know I've seen the series once before, and so there were just things that I knew that come up in this one that I was so excited for Ken to get to see. Yeah, it was good. It was a really good um, episode. Let's go ahead and get into this one. We Mm -hmm. start out with Brian, and he's at the loft. The pictures from Michael's birthday party are still there. And it's pretty clear, pretty obvious that he's missing his friend. Yeah, he's hurting. I mean, the fact that he still has those pictures up, and, I mean, he's staring at him. And, um, I mean, he knew that he hurt Michael, but he had to do it. But this time we get to see Brian hurt yeah. and want for someone. Yeah. So. so he even picks up the phone and gives Michael a call. He doesn't say anything. but So while he's doing that, Michael is at his apartment with Emmett and mm-hmm. he's packing up his stuff because, you know, in 111, he's made the decision that he's going to move in with Dr. David. And so he answers the phone. Yep. And the person doesn't say anything, but he Same. tells Emmett. <laughs> exactly. Same just like when Michael um, called Dr. David in a couple episodes prior. He called, didn't say anything, and just hung up. So that was the same thing that <laughs> yeah. Brian did. Yeah. But Michael, a little stalkerish ass, um, <laughs> he, he picks up on the breathing, the wheezing. Yeah, he recognizes <laughs> that wheezing from the deviated septum. Um, <laughs> Knows mm. exactly who it is. Um, and then just with the conversation that Michael and Emmett are having in their apartment, it's obvious mm-hmm. that Emmett has not really forgiven Brian for what he did. And he feels like Brian owes Michael an apology. I mean, which from his standpoint, yes. Yeah. I mean, we're the only ones in on the secret. We're mm-hmm. like, why Brian actually did it? Mm-hmm. You know, um, so friends looking at the situation. Yes. Brian definitely would owe, you know everyone an apology because right. he was an ass that night but um they're yeah. having a moment of their own because michael finally decided that he's actually gonna go you know move in with dr david so yeah uh and then michael makes a joke about emmett having the apartment to himself and he makes a joke about his tricks and emmett just kind of brushes it off you mm-hmm. know um, and we'll pick that up in a little bit later in this episode because i didn't really think that he was gonna go you know, with it all the way. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I was surprised. Yeah. So, Michael's moving out, and then we go over to work with Brian, and he's there with Cynthia, his assistant, and through her, we kind of found out it's been about a week since the birthday party, and she says, you know, Michael hasn't been calling like he usually does. Mm -hmm. And Brian's just on edge. I mean, you pointed it out. He's in the office, and he's smoking. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, does Brian even smoke? Yeah, he does, but we've never seen him smoke in the office. Like, he seems pretty professional. Well, I say that, but then there was a scene where he was with the guy in the bathroom. Right. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, it's clear (laughs) that he's agitated. He's on edge. Right. himself really definitely not himself i mean a piece of him is missing or something because i mean he's just off his attitude is off he's real short snippy with everyone and she picks up on it she's like we haven't got our annoying phone calls from michael like is he out of town like what's going on and um brian shuts that down quick yeah but he picks up the phone and makes another call this time to ted (laughs) 
I'm just as surprised as Ted was. <laughs> yeah. Ted didn't even know. Brian who? He's like, yeah, who is this? Yeah. And the way that they're talking, it's pretty clear that Ted has sided with Michael also. So probably everybody yes. has sided with Michael. And you made a comment as we were watching this. You were like, Debbie better fix this. Yeah, Debbie <laughs> needs to fix it. You know, like. Because, I mean, yeah, it pushed Michael over there. Well, away from Brian. But really... I don't know if it did, if it just pushed him to David, you know, yeah. in a distraction. I don't know that it really cut the cord with Brian. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Debbie knows why Brian did this, and she has not bothered to she tell everybody else. Up. Yeah. Yeah, she hasn't told she them tell anything. Her, yeah. Now, true, they're not, like, harassing Brian or anything, but they have this opinion of him, and she's letting them have that. And everyone can see that Brian is suffering. Mm-hmm. I mean, as much as he want to be a tough guy. I mean, he's suffering. Yeah. He's calling Ted for crying out loud. Right. To and hang we out. love Teddy, but Brian does not call Ted to hang out. I mean, I think Ted even said it like, I don't think you've ever once called me. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> he's shocked and blown away. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so then because Ted is so surprised, he's at the gym and he's telling Emmett that Brian has invited him out to Woody's. Uh, for a drink. (laughs) And while we're there, um, Emmett's getting his workout on and he's getting cruised by a couple guys, but one in particular, a guy named Bo comes up to him and he knows Emmett's like whole life. Yeah. (laughs) He did his research. Yeah. He likes the gap between his teeth. He knows his dentist. Yeah. mm -hmm. He knows where he works. Yeah. Everything. (laughs) I was like, okay, hold up. Yeah. But with Emmett on his newfound path, I mean, because we've seen it happen twice. Um, the episode before, when they had the scare at the HIV, right you know, at the clinic, the at the clinic, came, yeah, he made the pact to God at the at the birthday party that mm-hmm. if everything works out and he's negative, that he won't go down that road again with men, and mm-hmm. he'll try to turn over a new leaf. So once he found out he was negative, he had to decline the date um, with that actual doctor there, mm-hmm. who was very good looking, and that orderly or whatever. He yeah, was, the yeah, orderly was, and then now at the gym with Bo, good looking. Already did his research, knows everything about him, you know, likes him, confident, approached him, everything. But Emmett has to gracefully decline him because of the pact that he made with God. Yeah. Which is hurtful to me. Yeah. Not, not, not the whole God thing, but Emmett really is torn right now. Well, because Ted at, calls him on that and he says, well, you know, I made this promise that I wouldn't sleep with another man if I tested negative. But he he also says that, like, I don't even want to put myself back in that position, you know, to Mm -hmm. where that can happen again. So it's the whole promise side of it. But it's also that scared him so much. It kind of jarred him. Right. Yeah. But you can always have condoms. Yeah. Well, he says that he was always using one. But he's, you know, there's still a risk. Yes. Because. yeah. Yeah. So after the gym, we go to Melanie and Lindsay's house and. It is just clear from the minute Melanie walks in the door that things are not good Mm -mm. at the girl's house. Even in now, yes, I know Melanie is just leaving work, but I saw an article somewhere that it was a deliberate choice. Like when you see Melanie and Lindsay and there's a contrast in how they're dressed, that lets you know that they're not in unison. Like they're not in one accord. Like Melanie comes in from work. Dark. She's, well, she's dark, but she's out on her, her business, her work clothes. Mm-hmm. And then Lindsay's been at the house all day, so she's just got on something more casual. But it's just like, they're in two different places. Yeah, like, yes, literally, but also emotionally, mm-hmm. they're in two different places. Facts. And Melanie gets home, and she makes a comment that, 
well, it's clear that she's just not feeling appreciated by the comments that she makes. And she says something about Gus and Lindsay says, well, he's already asleep. And so Melanie is thinking, I go to work and I'm doing all this stuff to take care of home. And I don't right. even get to see the baby. Like when I get here, you're in a mood or you're tired or mm-hmm. you've been whatever. And then she says, well, it's your son and Brian's like I just pay the bills. Ooh, that so, was some shade. Yeah, so Melanie has got some strong feelings about the status quo in her home right now. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think she had to go for the juggler like that. No, no, no. That was way rough and uncalled for. Mm-hmm. Like that was harsh. Yeah, that really was. And with Lindsay being, you know, not combative, she really doesn't know how to defend herself. When Mel is coming hard, Mel is a, a lawyer, so she's geared to shoot, 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 shoot. Where, you know, Lindsay is more reserved. She want to choose her words carefully. Mm-hmm. She can even defend herself in an argument. And um, Mel is basically just saying, at least just talk. Like, I can't yeah. even get you to say anything. Yeah. And um, uh, Lindsay just makes, you know, a little joke. It's not a joke because she's actually, you know, upset. But she was like, what would you like for dinner? You know, yeah. like just trying to keep it, you know, cool. But... Yeah. It's uh, tensions are high. Yeah. And so another thing that I like that this show does is yes, these are gay relationships for the most part for the most part. But um this is something that happens in straight couples, yep. in throuples, and you know, where <laughs> neither side appreciates the other side, uh-huh. you know, or they don't really understand what the other person is sacrificing. They only know what they're sacrificing or what they're putting into the relationship and they don't consider what the other person's putting in. And that happens if the partners are both male, both female, mm-hmm. one of each. Yeah. So it's very human problem. Very, you know, just real relatable relationship problem that they're having. Absolutely. Um. So we do eventually get over to Woody's with Brian and Ted. And it is awkward. Extreme. <laughs> Extremely. Yeah. And so they're trying this small talk thing. But the whole time... Brian's just kind of envisioning or remembering what it, it's like to have Michael, Michael be the person that he's there with. I mean, that's his road dog. That's what he spends every weekend with. Yeah. You know, every day. Yeah. Someone who knows his every move, doesn't mm-hmm. have to think about it, knows when he's playing, being serious, joking, lying. I mean, all of that. Yeah, so. exactly. And uh, so even though he's out at Woody's and he got Ted to come out with him, he's still just not having a great time. And then so a guy comes up to to Brian and Brian tells him that he's not interested. Well, then Ted's like, you know, what do I got to lose? Exactly. <laughs> and this is what I love. Uh, I found it interesting. Ted found some confidence. He did, yeah. I mean, it is. It was Brian's leftovers, but he found it. He spoke up. It could have been out of spite because, the, you know, Brian was turning the motherfuckers down left and right. But, I mean, Ted ended up winning. Yeah, well, it was just kind of like, well, you know, what if, I got to if lose. he's not available, I am. Exactly. What do I have to lose? Mm-hmm. Like, let me just shoot this shot. And it might go in, it might not. Yeah, we're going to call him Jordan because that was a swish. <laughs> um, yeah, he makes it known that he's available. And so then he's going to go and diversify his portfolio. Over at Dr. David's house, Michael is moving in and he's got a lot of stuff. Got several boxes. Mm. And, you know, Dr. David tells him, you know, this is our place. And um, so they're going to have Which their first sweet. night. Yeah, yeah. they're going to have their first night. Living together and mm-hmm. you know in their home and whatever, uh, and then we see Brian come out of Woody's and he spots a guy over 
near some gate and he follows him down the like most disgusting and shadiest looking alley I've Sketchy. ever seen. <laughs> Yes. But anyway, I guess, if it works for you, Brian, go ahead. But so we see, just kind of intercut, we see Dr. David and Michael together in their home in this very domestic situation. Uh-huh. And then there's Brian outside of Woody's with this trick that he just met. And he doesn't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I just like the contrast of those two things, just kind of where they are in their lives at this uh-huh. point. And... What, were they ever the same? I mean, yeah. Uh, like, does Michael really want the domestic lifestyle? Or does he want the party, you know, hooking up with randoms? I don't know. Like, does he really want that? Yeah. Or was yeah. that Brian's dream? Yeah, because we're seeing Brian live the life that they have always lived. Mm-hmm. And then, but then we see Michael doing this new thing that mm-hmm. he's, you know, been wanting to do. We know that Michael is a romantic at heart. So, right. you know, this is something that he's really, not true, he wanted it. Preferably with Brian, but uh, still, he wanted a relationship like this. Absolutely. And, uh, Michael is telling Dr. David that normally I'd be waiting for Brian to finish up so that I can drive him home. Mm-hmm. And then we see Brian finish up. Finish up. When he's done, he comes around. And he's like, Mikey. And Mikey Mike ain't is not there. there. No. He's not there. And he realizes that his best friend, like his road dog, again, person who knows his every move that's why he keeps flashing back to it i mean he's so used to this routine used for michael he's used to michael you know being there waiting for every little move waiting for him to finish up with the tricks he knew that michael was gonna be there no matter what and now he doesn't have that security anymore yeah and so he's feeling alone in a lot of ways and it's just so different Mm -hmm. you know it's so different and he feels like super it's yes so new very quick and he just feels yeah Oh, crap. I'm kind of on my own now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, then that morning, the next morning at Dr. David and now Michael's, uh, Michael has redecorated the place. Oh, Lord. He took it from sophisticated <laughs> to, I don't even know what you call that. I mean, it looked like the toy aisle yeah. at the Big cute. Seriously, <laughs> like, it did. It was just <laughs> stuff everywhere. Yeah. It's like, now that might be a little extreme. Yeah, David was not feeling that. No. And then, so there's that. But then also, Dr. David says he wants to enjoy a lazy Saturday. He wants him to watch the game. Well, then Michael says that, well, I have to work and I don't watch the games. And yeah. so, like, like you see just what they both had in mind for what this was going to be mm-hmm. is not the reality. You know? And also... You can tell that it's already, it was too soon then because you should have known that Michael didn't connect to Saturdays, Mm -hmm. a personal issue from his past when he was a child, you know, like Saturdays were always rough for him. If you would have taken the time and not rushed this whole move in situation so quickly, you would have known that. Well, so, yeah, just like these fundamental things that you don't know about each other. You don't know each other's interests. You don't know each other's disinterests, you know, like mm-hmm. all that kind of thing. And you brought up, Michael says that uh, growing up, you know, kids did things on Saturdays with their dads and he didn't have a father around. And so, yeah, that's why he has this tension mm-hmm. with Saturdays. And I think that is also part of Michael being stuck in this arrested development, right. you know, Um and so all of his stuff is very precious to him because it's kind of, I guess it's tied to that. Right. Maybe like what he didn't find in a father figure, he found in this other world he created exactly. for himself. Um, so then we go back to Melanie and Lindsay's and boy, I don't want to because it is so tense over there. <laughs> but anyway, Lindsay uh, is saying that Mel is kind of creating these problems. Like mm-hmm. we don't really have any issues. We don't need to see a therapist. Like you're creating these problems. There's nothing there. 
I think that's a lie, Lindsay. <laughs> no, it is. It's definitely a lie. Yeah. Um, but then there's a knock at the door, and Brian shows up for dinner with a leather bear, and he's come to hang out with them. <laughs> and, you know, they both know you typically would not be here. He'd probably usually be over with Michael. Uh-huh. And then Brian says, well, what do we have in common? And Mel- Melanie says, your lives, like, basically, y'all have always been around each other. Exactly. Like, you kind of built this relationship where even though it has its like toxic um elements right you kind of built this thing where the two of you just function together mm-hmm. this episode was really sad yeah you, you saw brian bounce around from friend to friend mm-hmm. you know and he wants to play tough guy oh i'm over michael i don't need him we're not friends anymore but everyone can see right through that bull yeah you know? but it was sad to me because again Debbie never came to his um, defense yeah. at all. She knows the reason why. She knew the reason why all this happened. She came to him yeah. and told him that she knew, but she never once cleared it up with the people around. Yeah. She may not have to tell Michael mm-hmm. because she at least told the other friends yeah. you know, what was going on. I think this is the reason that I was like so aggressive with my opinions about Debbie in the last episode. And sometimes I try not to let my knowledge of future episodes affect what I think in the current one. But I think I might have done that. I can right. admit I did that in this one because I knew that Debbie doesn't go back and... Yeah. I, mean, I just know, thought that was shitty of her. And just clean this up. Yeah. It's one thing if you're like, hey, stop leading my kid on and, you know, cut him loose or whatever. But then she just kind of lets Brian, you know, let those cards fall where they may too. Right. So they had Mel and Lindsay's and Brian is there. Yeah. Brian comes over and Lindsay tells him, you know, it's not too late to fix things. And he says, well, some things are you know, better left broken, basically. And then he's like, okay, let's go play Scrabble. Yeah. (laughs) So over at the Big Q, Marley is sharing 10 ways to know that your guy is gay with some of the co-workers. And Michael walks up and hears this and he's just kind of like standing there. And Tracy is there with them. Tracy is 100 to me. Yeah. I love her. Mm -hmm. She's everything. And she's the strongest person at the Big Q. Yeah. I mean, she's not going to take any crap from anyone anymore. Yeah. You know, period. And she tells Marley, you know, it is ignorant and cruel to make fun of other people in that way. And she stands up for Michael while he just kind of stands there. I mean, he can't say anything. Not even in defense of himself. Yeah. He could have just, I don't know. But yeah. So and she's looking at him like, hey, I'm standing up for you. Are you going to stand up for yourself? Yeah. But I, I don't think. Yeah, she was. And I think she might have. In that moment, she might have seen like, oh, this is what it's like for Michael and what it's been like when Marley's been Mm -hmm. making all these jokes. And so she's like, oh, I kind of get some of that. But um, but yeah, she just stands up for him and not just him, anybody who's gay and just anybody who's different in any way. She's like, don't do that. You know, Marley. The reason why I say she's 100, because the fact that she was, you know, embarrassed in front of everyone at that birthday party. Yeah. The fact that she's still standing there and was able to stand up and fight for you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just a stand up person. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I had that in me. She's I'm a good person. Yeah. Because, I mean, that definitely would have been the time to play the petty card. Yeah. I'm too petty <laughs> for that. I don't know if I could have yeah. done that. I would be like, is that right, Michael? Yeah. Do you arrange them, Michael? <laughs> yeah, do you arrange them? Do you intend to kiss the best man? Yeah. yeah. Hi, Michael. Uh, yeah. Uh, or Mr. Novotny. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Speaking of Mr. Novotny, Tracy turns in her two weeks notice and tells him that she's going to go work at the Big Dollar Mart. 
Um, you know, I can understand that being so hurt by somebody mm-hmm. and then being embarrassed and just like, I need to get out of here. Yeah. And also because it's going to get weird because everybody at the store, because, I mean, Tracy, like, kissed him in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, she... And so it's just going to get awkward because people are gossipy and they're going to be asking what happened, what yeah. went wrong. And she probably doesn't want to have to field questions for Michael mm-hmm. or for herself. So true, I can see why she put in her notice but i don't want her to go too far because i like tracy i do too so back at woody's again uh, ted shows up hoping for a repeat of the of the other night he looked thirsty <laughs> he, too he, well he's just pretending to be a great friend like yeah. oh brian i just came to check on you heading on his back like boy, yeah get out of here yeah and so while this is going on brian is turning down like one trick after the next like he's not interested not in the mood and that's another way that we know Brian's not doing well Mm-mm. because you know he's out but he's like not looking for any action his friends aren't there yeah I mean he wasn't but Ted was there to pick them all up yeah <laughs> yeah he was not gonna let nobody slip through the cracks yes yeah. I mean Ted is really pulling tricks with these tax pickup yeah, lines yeah pants down <laughs> exactly I loved it yeah but hey if it works it works so yeah Ted's having a grand old time and then we go over and we see Emmett and he is down and in the bottom of a glass poor oh. Emmett he's not having a grand old time no I felt bad for him this episode yeah and then so this guy named Matt comes up to him and just starts to talk to him. And at first, Ken was like, oh, wow, this is mm-hmm. going to be a good love connection for Emmett. <laughs> Matt was cute. Mm-hmm. And he seemed like he was together. Well, and he did seem like he was almost like he was hitting on Emmett yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. And then I thought, you know, Emmett's a little drunk. Mm-hmm. He's going to forget about the pack. He's going to go ahead and go for it. Yeah. But as they get to talking, Matt tells him that... Uh, he asked Emmett if he feels like he's questioning his choices or if he's wondering if there's something better. And he tells him that I've seen the light. So he invites him to come to, to him this with group. this. Yeah, to this group. And he tells him, you know, what have you got to lose? All you've got to lose is your pain, is what he says. And so for Emmett, who is just at this vulnerable spot in life, just kind of been on a roller coaster of emotions, you can see why somebody talking to him like that. You could see how it could kind of get to him. Right. And he would, yeah, be affected by it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But um, he agrees. Yeah. And um, he goes because what does he have to lose except for the pain? Except so. for the pain. Yeah. Uh, but before we get to see what happens at that group, we go to the diner and Justin is racking up the tips. <laughs> racking them up. Okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is working. Uh, because he's cute. Is what mm-hmm. he says. Yeah. And Daphne's there. And I love that. You know, she's come. She wants to. Justin's got to study, but yeah. he's got to work. And so she's there with her friend. They're studying in between him, you know, serving tables. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I love that and with the two of them. They get a little surprise come up to the table. They do. Mm-hmm. Brian walks into the diner and uh, he comes up to him. And he's like, hey, how's it going? And they're both shocked. Yeah, like, <laughs> he's like, what? What? Do you really mean it? And he's like. Well, Justin says, do you really want to know? He's like, well, I asked, didn't I? And, um, you know, then Brian asked him, yeah, Brian asked him, what what are you doing tonight? And then he asked if he wants to come over. And again, Justin is dumbstruck. Yeah, for (laughs) real. Yeah. 
And then he tells Daphne that's the first time that he's ever invited him over. Now, we know Justin has been to the loft. I mean, he was living there for a little bit of time. But, but it was I, never to ever just come and hang out. Well, it was never a direct, I want yes. you to come over. It mm-hmm. was like, oh, you're in my car and I just happened to drive it to the loft. Right. <laughs> or, or you just showed up here or whatever. Exactly. But it was never like deliberately going and asking him. Mm-hmm to come but Justin Smart when she says what do you think it means and he sees Michael walk in and he's like it means he misses Michael yep yeah so I want to talk about that um the just kind of like the progression with Brian like first he goes to Ted then he goes to Mel well to Lindsay Mel just happens to live there and then he goes to Justin and um to me that was kind of interesting because I think with Ted it's this like okay here's a warm body that Mm -hmm. can sit next to me while I have a drink at Woody's, you right. know, and so that's going to be pretty easy. He didn't have to put much effort into that, you know, but then that still doesn't give him. So even if he can get the like, here's another warm body beside me, he's there's still fulfilled. a connection that he's mm-hmm. not getting in like that fun, youthful thing that right. he gets with Michael, how they laugh and joke with each other. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get that from Ted. And then he goes over to Lindsay's house. And I think there they have more of an emotional connection. They would mm-hmm. more talk to each other, but it's not that like, still not that like fun, lighthearted right. thing. And it's a different type of relationship that he has there. Plus, Lindsay's got Mel there and Gus is there. And so it's just like, it's just different. Right. Um, And then he goes to Justin. And we'll get to that when we get to that. <laughs> I jumped ahead. Um, okay. So back at the diner, Michael comes in, like I said, and Daphne tells Justin, like, hey, you're the missing mm-hmm. link. Like, you can be the person to kind of reconcile them mm-hmm. and get them back together. Which, good on Daphne. Yeah, that was a very <laughs> smart play of her. Mm-hmm. And thank God Justin listened. Yeah. You know? Well, so he tries, you know, just a cute little effort there mm-hmm. by switching up the food. And it, it doesn't work out, which, of course, it didn't. But um, but it got him thinking, right. you know. So then Michael comes home and uh, he's got some lemon bars for Dr. David. And when he gets there, he sees that Dr. David has removed all traces of Michael from. I was the... upset. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was upset with that because that was, that was terrible. Mm-hmm. You invite this man to come move in with you. This is our place. Yeah. But when he leaves and he's gone to work. Yeah. He comes home and none of his stuff is there. Yeah. Like, now, come on now. Michael might have gone a little overboard putting his stuff everywhere. (laughs) But you got to think about what Michael's apartment looked like. It was everywhere in the apartment. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he just did what felt like home to him. Right. And, but then Dr. David put it back to what felt like home to him. He put his stuff in the closet. Yeah. I mean, his most prized possession. Put it in the closet. Yeah, well, he didn't even know who he was. Yeah, like his, like that is like the one of the most important things to mm-hmm. to Michael. Captain Astro is, and Doctor David doesn't even know who he is. Yeah, and so yeah, they're just obviously on different wavelengths mm-hmm. at this point. But what? So what do you think about that? Michael going to the extreme in one direction, and then Doctor David going to the extreme in the other direction with decorating. No, I mean, I feel like I mean. Michael had the right to bring the stuff in. And I think they should have talked about where it was going to actually go. Mm-hmm. But what David did was terrible, I felt like. Yeah. I mean, it made me feel not welcome. Right. To just 
pack it all yeah. up and remove it. And didn't even ask me. Didn't be like, yeah. hey, I understand it's your things, but you mind if we keep it a little sophisticated up front? Yeah. You know, and maybe yeah, upstairs like, we can keep He even took the clock out the room. Yeah. I mean, because like, you, you think about the dinner party that they had not too long ago. Now, you would not have those people come over right. with the house set up how Michael yeah. had it. No, you, you wouldn't. But so, you also need to need to make me feel at home. Exactly. Like, there has to be compromise. It could have been a conversation like, okay, let's pick, like, a couple pieces yes. to put right here. Like, I don't have any art on this wall right here. How about you put something right here? Absolutely. Or, you know, we could use a little quirky piece on the coffee table right. or whatever. But um, Something in the kitchen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Look, something. Yeah, but he just, yeah, he totally... He boxed everything up yeah. and got rid of it all yeah. and put it back to normal. And that is what's hard when two people are going to live together. It's hard enough when you're moving into a space that's new for both of you. Mm-hmm. But when you're mo- but when one person is coming into the situation that I already had going on, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like when you're joining this program already in progress, like that's hard uh, to kind of merge and mesh those two right. lives. So true. But I was disappointed in David because normally David is so sweet and sensitive to Michael's needs, but he wasn't having it this time. Yeah. No, he, yeah, just kind of bulldozed over his feelings in this one. And then when they're talking, Michael tells him that basically that he had to watch Tracy stand up for him. You know, Uh he just sat there and couldn't do it. Uh, And he tells a joke about how he told Marley that he was gay and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. But you know, we know it, that's not Michael. Right. And then you see the look on Dr. David's face when he tells him that he didn't do it. And it's like, kind of like, oh, he's still yeah. in the closet, huh? Mm-hmm. And then speaking of the closet, like you said a while ago, when Michael goes to put up his jacket, there's Captain Astro at the yeah. back of the closet, like tucked deep in the closet himself. You know? Just peering out, peeking yeah. out. What could be like a symbol of, you know, that's Michael. Right. Yeah. Well, it's because I'm already in the closet mm-hmm. in my professional life. And now mm-hmm. I've got to come basically be in the closet. Well, the parts of my personality right. that you don't like or think don't fit with your lifestyle, or your aesthetic, mm-hmm. those have got to be in the closet also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So true. Um. So over at the loft, Brian, Brian and Justin are sharing some ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> got a little messy over there. Yeah. But it's a to me it's such a cute scene because I don't see Brian doing that with anybody mm-hmm. else, with any other trick. And then even this is something that yes, he still misses Michael, but this is something that he can get from Justin that he can't get from, from Michael. Michael. Or anyone. Yeah. Right, or anyone, yeah. I mean they're they're holding hands, they're giggling, they're talking about Justin's mom, uh-huh. um, and Brian being a nerd in school. Uh-huh. It's just a very cute moment. For them. And so that's what I was talking about, like the different things that he got from each person that he went to to try to fill that void. And so there were things that he got from Justin that he wouldn't get uh, from Michael, but he still misses his friend. And Justin knows that and doesn't try to um, capitalize on it. If anything, he's trying to help put them back together. But he did get something that um, from Justin that he would get from Michael. The same type of love. He yeah. knows Justin loves him. Justin will always try to be there for him, same way Michael was. Michael loved him. Michael was always there by his side, comfort him, all of that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he has that from Justin. Yeah. You know, and Justin tells him, like, I know that you miss Michael. You know, basically, like, you can pretend that you don't, but I know that you do. And he tells him that he's on to him. You know, like, you can kick me out, tell me to go, tell me to but shut up, up, but I'm on to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know you. And yeah, I just love that. I know about Justin. Justin really shined to me in this episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Like, 
he has become a big part of my heart. Like, <laughs> well, because he could have taken advantage of this situation yeah. and been like, Michael's out the picture. I can get all of Brian's time. Yep. He's turning tricks away. He doesn't really want them. I can make myself available mm-hmm. 24-7. I mean, I will skip school and skip work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He could have done that, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't capitalize on Brian's pain and his... Um, the fact that he's feeling alone. You this know? is the second time we see him do this mm-hmm. because the episode before the birthday party, yeah, he stayed back when everybody left right. Brian, but he stayed back because he knew Brian was going to need someone and to help clean up the house as well. Yeah. So, I mean, like, this is the second time we saw him not be selfish. Yeah. Well, and here you have, and you know, I love Emmett, but you have Emmett and even Ted who have known Brian for a lot longer and they uh-huh. can't even see like maybe there's a reason Brian did what he did right. but Justin who's just met him mm-hmm. can see that because he, he truly together. is onto him yep. so then we go over to the group meeting and Emmett did show up uh, with with and he meets Matt there and then we find out that this group is called See the Light and it's basically conversion therapy which I got <laughs> some strong feelings about conversion therapy and mm. they may not come out this episode but they will <laughs> soon. I don't know what to think about that. I know. Well, one lady stands up and she says she used to be a lesbian. She said she has shed her corrupt self and she's become this new purified heterosexual me is what she says. And she says, you can change. It's just like everything that they're saying, like the words are just, they're enticing enough, but then they're, but they're toxic too. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, yeah. You see how people get confused. Yes. With it confused me. Stuff. I mean, because the way they're dressed and acting, they still seem like they're living the homosexual life. But the words that are coming out of their mouth is like, you know. Or like, it's contradicting who they are. Exactly. It's just terrible. Mm -hmm. It says like they're trying to fit themselves into something. That that, they're not. That they're not. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so Emmett scoffs at it, kind of like we do. And Ty, I think, is the leader. And he asks these questions. He says... Do your friends obsess about do you and your friends obsess about your bodies? Does your conversation center around trivialities? Uh, do you spend your days and nights at the gym or at bars? And he says, Do you ever wonder, is this the life that I want for me? Is there a better life? And so as Emmett's listening to those questions, he's he's like checking off the boxes, like, yeah. Yes, we do obsess over our bodies. Yes, we yep. do talk about stuff that's nonsense. Yes, we do spend all of our time at gyms and bars. And so it starts to kind of sink into him. But this is how it works. Like, they Those know exactly what to though. say. Yeah, they know exactly how to, you know, pry it at, at you and mm-hmm. uh, pick at things. So. Yeah, I mean, I feel like those were good questions if it was coming from a genuine place. Right. If it was, like, from a real, loving, you know, like, some type of congregation that was, you know, in the right mindset. I don't feel like, what is it called? Sh- see the light? See the light. I don't think see the light you know, is the right type of fellowship that it No, because it's not about connecting with you as a person and figuring out, okay, why are you feeling this way? Mm-hmm. What, what is it about your life that you want to change? Da, da, da. It's just like, you are gay or lesbian and you need to not be that anymore. So you need to see the lights. So you can convert and, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's very much about controlling a person, yes. mm-hmm. manipulating you mentally and emotionally to be able to turn you to what they think you should be. Exactly. Yeah. And our poor Emmett has gotten um, caught up in the middle of this. He's just so confused. Yeah. So um, Michael and David are together and 
they're in the bedroom and Michael tells him, you know, I thought you said that this was my place too. And he says, where are my things? And Dr. David says, well, your toys are cute like you, but they just kind of don't belong. They don't go with the whole vibe I've gotten on, got going on. And then he starts like mansplaining to Brian, I mean, sorry, to Michael about this house is, 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 <laughs> yeah. a, what is this? architectural, um, textural build and da, 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 design. Listen, this is y'all's house together. Right. The word you were saying does not sound like a we. Does not sound like an us. Sounds no. like an I, a my. This is mine. <laughs> exactly. Okay. And then he talks about his toys and Michael defends his collectibles and he, and then he says those things are important to me and I thought you knew that. Like yeah. I thought like that's not a front that I put on. It's it's not a little you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's like a costume that I wear or I don't do this ironically. Like, these things are this really important to me. Maybe you mm-hmm. don't understand that, but it's still important to me. Absolutely. I just thought everything he said was wrong. There's there's nothing that he could have said that w- would have been right in that situation. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. n- nothing. I mean, he needed to apologize yes. and say, hey, let's just have a conversation about how we can make this our place. Absolutely. That's what should have happened. Uh, but that didn't happen right there. Uh, but over at Melanie and Lindsay's, Ted has run over there because Melanie is calling like, we need to be rescued, mm-hmm. basically, because Brian's still there. So he's showing up for dinner all the time like they're a happy family. Uh. Um, so while Mel is talking to Ted at the door, Brian is over talking to Lindsay and he asks her what's wrong. And Lindsay starts to tell him, which when Melanie asked her what was wrong, she had nothing to say. Girl, that burned me <laughs> up. Your your girl is asking you, and you quiet as a church mouse. Yeah. But Brian comes up and asks you what's up, and you got everything to say. Yeah, and I mean, don't be putting that man in your business. No, I mean, you really shouldn't talk about relationship stuff like that with your friends if you haven't talked to your partner about it. Facts. But um, you know, you could make the argument that she didn't want to hurt Mel's feelings by telling Mel what it is, and so it was easier to say it to Brian. But still, I'm just like, why couldn't you tell? Melanie's like, hey, there's an issue. Let's discuss it. Let's try to fix it. And Lindsay, yeah, there's no had nothing issue. to say. Yeah. So, um, so what she tells Brian is that, uh, well, she's saying like part of this is on you, Brian, because Gus was supposed to be mine and Melanie's child and mm-hmm. not yours and mine. And she says she thinks that I'm cold and unresponsive. And she says, we should get it. Brian tells him, well, you guys should get a therapist and work it out. Mm -hmm. And then she says that she's kind of afraid to talk about it because she's afraid of what she might say. Mm -hmm. And Brian tells her that may be good to get some of those demons off your chest. Yeah. You know, but she goes back to saying, I'm not combative. You know, that's not how I was raised. Yeah. That's not how my family is, basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she just holds it all in and, yeah, does pretend that nothing's wrong, even though it's clear as day. And that's part of the problem because yeah. Mel needs, I mean, she's a lawyer. That's what she does. She talks. Yeah. She talks things out. She needs to have that type of conversation or she feels like she's going to still feel neglected. Yeah. Uh, so back at the big queue, um, Tracy is leaving. And so she tells Mr. Novotny, bye. And Michael follows, follows her outside just to have a little talk with her. I love this. And I, I love it, too. And she tells him, like, yeah, okay, initially I was really upset about what happened at the birthday party and about you being gay and not telling me that. She wasn't upset that he was gay, but just that, you know. He didn't tell you, I thought you led me on. But then mm-hmm. she says, you know, I thought that we were friends and you didn't trust me. Um, 
And then Michael says, well, when you spend your entire life keeping it a secret, you stop trusting people. And so he's just trying to get her to see it from his, from point, his of view. point of view, mm-hmm. which, yeah, that could work, Michael. But still, you you let this go on longer than it needed he did. to. But the, I, I felt that. I mean, yeah. I, I totally understand where he's coming from. I, it was a sincere apology. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and that is true. You know, he has spent a lot of his life hiding who mm-hmm. he is. And so it's just easier to not tell anybody than to wonder who you can trust right. and who you can't. And she came in strong. Like, yeah. when they first met, Marley had that hand. Marley started <laughs> that. Yeah, you know, she just came in, she came in so hard and heavy. Yeah. Like, when would he have found a time to be like, hey, you know, I, mean, yeah, like, I, I, yeah. I don't know. But I was glad that he, you know, he finally apologized. I'm glad that it's out the in the open. Mm-hmm. Tracy's not being strung along anymore. And, you know, this conversation ends in a good place. They can start to try to build toward a friendship, mm-hmm. an actual friendship. Absolutely. Um, and Tracy has a date. So good for her. What yeah. an actual straight man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she. That's going to be like question number one. What's your name? Exactly. Are you straight? <laughs> For real. I mean, straight, straight. <laughs> yeah, like mm-hmm. st- super straight. <laughs> uh, so then uh, back at Melanie and Lindsay's house, Brian has finally left him alone. And Mel is, yeah, chilling on the couch with Gus. And Lindsay's over there sketching. But I mean, mm-hmm. she's doing some like aggressive sketching. <laughs> aggressive. Yeah. Like she was drawing a demon. Yeah. Well, then she, <laughs> she finally decides to open up and she tells Melanie, you expect too much of me. You want all of my time. Uh, and you think that, or you think that we have a problem. If I'm not giving you all my time and attention, you think we have a problem. She says, I'm tired of apologizing and trying to convince you that I love you. She says, nothing is ever enough. And I wonder if anything will be. And so we finally hear from Lindsay, from her point of view, what's going on, what's causing the tension in their relationship. I, could, I rock with it. I mean, I thought what she said was real. We just needed her to speak up and say it. Yeah. I mean, I, I was I was here for it. I was yeah. right there with her. I mean, yeah, both of them can have their feelings on like, hey, this isn't working for me because X. This isn't working for me because Y. Mm-hmm. But they both need to get that out there. Right. Mm-hmm. And then just figure out, okay, how do we deal with that? Can we deal with that? Are those obstacles that we can overcome Absolutely. or not? Mm-hmm. Uh, over at the locker room, Emmett is sitting there and uh, Ted walks in and he's telling him about how things have been going since he's been Living picking up <laughs> yeah, picking up Brian's cast offs. Yeah. <laughs> and he says he supplies Brian with an object of scorn and ridicule, basically saying like, I took over the part that, my, that Michael. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I took over the part that Michael used to play. Uh, so Brian can still go out, but I'm benefiting from it. So he's okay with it. And then Emmett asks Ted if that's really the life he wants. And if that's the life he thinks that God wants for him, is there Projecting. a better life? And Ted's just kind of like, it's kind of in one ear out the other. He's not really taking what Emmett is saying seriously. Mm-mm. He doesn't realize that Emmett is truly warring with mm-hmm. these questions. Um, then at the comic book shop, Justin finds Michael there. He says that Brian is the one who told him that he'd probably find him there. And what we see in that scene is that Brian understands Michael's love for comics. Cause mm-hmm. Justin says that Brian told him that his eyes light up when he's uh-huh. around all that stuff. And, and so Michael yeah. can't believe it. He's like, he said that. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. yeah well, you know, you. he has this understanding about Michael that Dr. David doesn't. Right. Like, well, and part of this is because he's known him so much longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just the kind of friendship that they have. But good on Justin for going here, chasing Michael down, knowing that Michael doesn't like him. Cause even when he shows up, 
Michael's like, what are you doing here? Yep. You know? Uh, but he goes there because he cares so much for Brian, because yep. Justin does, he's going to go try to make this situation right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he gives him the comic book and he tells him that he misses you and, um, that, that he loves you in a way that he doesn't love anybody else because, you know, he doesn't have this kind of friendship with anybody else. And so that's important to him and he misses it. He does, but Michael is not trying to hear it. He goes on his little rant. Brian doesn't love anyone. Brian doesn't apologize to anyone. He doesn't do this yeah. and that. Yeah. But Justin lets him know, babe, you're the exception. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Uh, so I, we think he kind of, you know, gets him to have a light bulb moment there. But speaking of a light, back at the See the Light meeting, um, we see Emmett mm-hmm. stand up and he says that He's he ready. wants to see the light too. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, Emmett. Um, like I can sympathize with where he is, where he's just kind of questioning and wondering and just like, what am I going to do with my life? You know, all of these guys, when we meet them in season one, they all have these like areas of growth or like mm-hmm. they have room for growth. And with Emmett, it's, it's a little bit harder to find his, but I think Emmett has no direction. Like he's just directionless in right. life. And so groups like this, like the see the light group, this conversion therapy group, they find people that are like that, that are directionless, that are, you know, or have had some kind of rock bottom moment or something mm-hmm. like that. And they prey on that. And, um, so yeah, I think that's what Emmett's thing is. He has right. no direction in his life. And so it's like, here's He's something searching. that's re- he is searching and here's mm-hmm. something that's like, Hey, we're looking for people who are searching and what they're saying is resonating with him in some ways, unfortunately, you know, facts uh so over at babylon brian is alone um because you know emmett's no longer on the babylon Mm -hmm. scene uh and then ted's just not there so brian is alone and um michael shows up and Uh brian puts up a front you know he tries to act all i know like two boys on the playground you know trying to reconcile but um he had a whole pouty face and everything he sure did like Mm -hmm. i don't care yeah you can be here if you want to kind of thing uh but then so even though he puts up this front they pretty much immediately fall back into their rhythm and they're talking about comic books and things like that And, you know, Brian does give him some good advice about David. He says, give him time. He'll learn. Mm -hmm. And so we see that they're back as friends, but with a different understanding. Mm -hmm. Like, Brian is like, okay, Michael's in this relationship. And instead of trying to tear David down or, you know, joke about the fact that he's in a relationship, he's like, he gives him some good advice with that. And then Michael knows that. I'm going to be at Babylon dancing with Brian, but I'm going to go home to David. Right. Yes. There's that, that are different place, different boundaries, respect. It kind of, maybe this split needed to happen. Yeah. So Michael could gain some type of growth. Yeah. This was Michael's growth. He was able to, you know, rekindle a friendship with Tracy. Uh, he was able, you know, really search deep and see if, if it's, if it's something he really wanted with David. Mm-hmm. And now he has a different type of bond slash relationship with Brian. So. Yeah. Mm hmm. And I think, you know, it's probably good for Brian, too, to not have Michael just there in his back pocket all the time following mm-hmm. him around. It's like, hey, you need to go find you a life, too. It can, if, it, if you want it to be, just work Woody's Babylon in the diner. Okay, that's fine. But right. you need to have your own life, too. Uh, so then Michael leaves Babylon. And the next time we see him, he's at home. He's come home. And David has added little touches of Michael mm-hmm. around the house. And more of a tasteful you know, presentation. <laughs> yeah. He's the d- design aesthetic. But what I love was he was doing his research. Yeah. He was sitting on the couch 
reading the comic book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was trying to get closer to Michael. He knows that's something Michael enjoys, he loves. So he was actually reading Yeah, it. he's like, I want to understand the things that are meaningful to you. Even mm-hmm. They may not be meaningful to me, but I want to understand them. Something he says is that, um, he says, when you moved in, I suddenly realized that I was a we again. And right. so even though Dr. David has been wanting this, He's kind of freaked out by actually Mm -hmm. having it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, they have that nice little moment where, like you said, they're they're talking about the comic books. And Dr. Dave is like super excited because he's going to learn this stuff for the first time. Right. And he's doing it with somebody he loves. And he's doing it because he loves someone. Right. Which makes it even better. Yeah. So... You know, they had some rocky moments with this, uh, you know, new with this new Mm. cohabitation. But um, so far, like, you know, they're going to they're trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just a really good episode. It really was. It was. And the things that Brian told Michael when they was dancing in Babylon, when Michael came home to Dr. David, I mean, he hit him. Like He hit (laughs) every single one of those points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just showed Michael that he was actually taking the efforts because in the very beginning of the episode, it seemed like David's like, I got you. You know, it's over. It was like no effort being put forth. Mm-hmm. Like the courting was over. You yeah. Know? Um, and by the end of the episode, I mean, he was learning about him. The yeah. courting was picking back up. So, yeah, I mean, it was- yeah he's still trying to to get to know this man that mm-hmm. he's that he's in love with and that he's now living with. He's making an effort to get to know him. And that's mm-hmm. a good thing. It is. Yeah. I mean, this episode was just really good. And it just made me have a newfound love for Brian again. To see him broken and hurt, um, it made me have some type of sympathy. Yeah, because I think we have to have that for him. Because he can, if he'd have just gotten away with it, and if he just, like, didn't care, then it just makes him inhuman. Mm-hmm. And Brian is very human, mm-hmm. you know. Um, some ways, more so than some of the other characters. Yeah, so it was good to get to see him kind of on his back foot yep. this time. It was good seeing Ted, too, come out of his shell. Yeah. I mean, we needed that Brian to come in and help him boost. Even though Brian didn't do it per se, but he involved him in his life. Therefore, yeah. he was, you know, right opportunities. Yeah, know. he kind of unintentionally gave him an opportunity to yeah. yeah build up his confidence and get out there. Because Ted, in his own way, is on the rebound, yeah. you know, after being turned down by... Or officially, like, cutting ties to that crush that he had on Michael. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's in his own version of a rebound. And so, yeah, he's out there shooting his shot, living his best life, too. Yeah, I mean, I I loved it. This episode was just really good. It was fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was some drama, but fun drama. Not like last episode. I mean, that birthday party. I I cannot. (laughs) That was too much. That one is always going to be stuck in my brain. That took, like, a year off me, I feel like. (laughs) That birthday party was lit. Yeah. But this one was, you know, drama, but easy. Yeah. It was fun. Um, sad. It was a lot of highs and lows in this. Yeah. But more highs, but just to see Brian broken, it made me feel like he was human again. So, I mean, I yeah. definitely, I, I enjoyed this episode a lot. Same here. This was a good one. Well, guys, we hate to end this, but you already know what we're going to say. If you haven't already visited our website at www.LibertyDinerDish.com, if you don't follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, definitely go do so now. We want you guys to send us your um, suggestions, your comments. I mean, get interactive with us. We love talking to you guys. Um, you have anything to say, Shell? No, do all of that. Do everything he Absolutely. said. You can also email us pretty easily, LibertyDinerDish at gmail.com. 
Yeah, absolutely. And guys, we thank you so much for always tuning in and being loyal. And um, until next time, guys, we are out. Bye. Bye.